when you do that, then you teach people the way that you get things done and influences by complaining yeah. and attacking. You yeah. you teach your congregation yeah. that you know what what governs our church isn't our ministry or calling. It's it's whoever keeping everybody, keeping everybody happy. So therefore, if I act offended or upset, I can get my way. Yeah. And there are toxic personalities who will take full advantage of that. Most definitely. Yeah. So today we're talking about uh, our next train car, our fifth one in our series of Church on Track. And uh, we've been talking about seven derailing factors for your church to look out for. Um, Ryan, I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you tell us the first four train cars that brought us here? Oh, man, you are putting me on the spot. That's good. That's a good test. Uh, We've talked about uh, the life stage of a church. Mm -hmm. We have talked about the size dynamics of a church, and we have talked about uh, success, that those three are factors, mm-hmm. and oh, what's the fourth one? What is the fourth one? Uh, forgetting the functions. Forget. See, it wasn't that appropriate that we pretended <laughs> like we forgot, <laughs> and it was about yeah. forgetting functions, so good yeah. job. And we hope you all learned a lesson from that. Yeah. To yep. not put people on the spot while you're recording a podcast. So we're getting ready. Uh, we're going to talk about our fifth train car. But I know what everyone's really waiting for. Do you hear that in the distance? Chugga, 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 choo, choo. We are here. Church on track. Getting ready to equip you guys uh, and your ministry in order to help your church. And to see some pitfalls that might be Befall you, befall, what's the word there? Befall you? Befall you. Befall you, uh, so that you can be on the lookout for those. We want to help you uh, to cultivate a healthy church environment, and we believe that that is what this series is all about. So, Ryan, what's our fifth train car that we're going to open up? Yeah, and we look at this series about ways that we can keep our churches on track, on mission, on ministry. We're looking at these derailing factors that get us off course without us even realizing it, and the fifth one that we're talking about the fifth derailing factor today and number five is anxiety Mm. anxiety can really uh mess with your with your church so today we're talking about our congregation we've been talking about it from different perspectives and we talked about the size dynamics and the life stage there's a lot of sociological stuff in that today we're talking about the congregation from more of a, um, a psychological standpoint, perhaps. We are looking at our congregations as an as emotional systems. So the okay. way that people act and interact and feel and express themselves affects everyone else in the church. Would you say that? Totally. Is that a safe thing to say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So much like in a, as in a family, the way people in a, in a nuclear family affect each other, uh, the way they, they act affects the other members of that family. And the same is true in a church body. They can impact each other for for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about anxiety, uh, we're talking about one of the negative ways that we can affect each other in in a church body. Anxiety can be introduced into the emotional system of the church any number of ways, but 
you know, kind of a, a root cause there is somebody is upset about something. Somebody is afraid of something. Okay. So probably is going to enter in when there's a disagreement, a conflict where people can't agree on a decision or when there's a change happening. Definitely. And somebody is, is dissatisfied with that or someone's concerned. When something is not going well, someone in the group, a leader or somebody else can have a very a strong emotional reaction. Especially like in conflict, when people don't feel that they've been heard or understood, they'll escalate their behavior and their actions until they get to the point where they're getting attention. Yeah, definitely. Right? So that's another thing that can create some stress and strain and anxiety in that church body. So once that's entered into the system, the problem with anxiety in your church is that it lowers people's willingness to take risks and try new things. It also reduces creativity, Mm -hmm. makes it harder to get along, and you wind up spending all your time and energy just trying to navigate a a challenging Kind of like you're walking on eggshells almost, right? Yeah. Like you're walking around like, oh, I don't want to upset anybody if I go this way, if I say this thing. And then we end up just not saying anything, which is almost less healthy than just allowing it to come out. And it all becomes about whatever that argument or whatever... So you start putting all of your energy, instead of into your, your mission, it's into navigating this complicated, he said, she, sh- see, sh- 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 <laughs> he said, she, she said, down by the said. seashore. So he said, it, she said, it, that's what you're um, talking about. Navigating is, the he said, she said. This is causing me anxiety. What? Slipping up? That I can't talk. Yeah, ah, it happens, dude. Yeah. So in anyway, fact, I'm sure all of our listeners who are listening right now are probably just chuckling over it because they've all had experiences like that. I think that's one of the yeah. major things, too, about anxiety is to realize that you're not alone. Like, I, I think yeah. that that's a really good way of coping with anxiety is like when you have those feelings, when you have uh, situations, realizing that you're not the only person who's dealing with that. And there might be other people in the congregation who are feeling that same way too, mm-hmm. but just don't know how to express it in a healthy manner. Yeah. 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 So a great uh, present day example is COVID, the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that entered a level of anxiety into pretty much every church. And if Definitely. you think about it, you, you can probably think about ways that you saw that people behaved differently. You you probably saw people that are normally totally fine having an anxious presence of some kind. Definitely. Um, kind of like, I don't know if you can hear it, but kind of like the kid who's trying to swim over here oh, yeah. and his mom's trying to reassure him or her. I don't know if it's a him or her because I haven't turned around and seen it. But this is a good practical application right here. I don't know if you guys can see it from behind us. You probably my, can't. My second cousin once removed learning how second to swim. Second cousin once removed learning how to swim. And, and it's ain't. There's a lot of anxiety, but right there, his mom is there as the moral support and saying, you can do this. Look, it's okay. I got you. This is going to be okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that's great. Going back to COVID, there, there were probably a couple of key anxiety points. So when church leaders had to decide to stop on-site worship services, yeah, I, th- I think in probably almost every church, there were people who were not, who didn't understand why that was necessary who, mm-hmm. or who didn't agree with it. Mm-hmm. And acted in a way different than they normally do. Yes. They're probably more vocal. Um, I know pastors and elders who got yelled at mm-hmm. for making a decision that uh, was in the best interest of their community and their church. And a few weeks later was usually mandated by their state government. State, right. 
also another place where anxiety came in is as restrictions began to loosen and we maybe need to say after the first wave, you know, we, we, yep. at this point, yep. the second wave hasn't come. If it's going to hit, right. it hasn't hit yet. Yep. But as things began to reopen, then there was state another is different too. Oh yeah. Every state's so, different. Yeah. yeah. Going through this at different stages and right. in different ways. So there's another round of anxiety mm-hmm. happening around how do we reopen and when do we do it? Yeah. And around all those decisions. So understanding how that affects us is really important. Mm-hmm. And another interesting thing about anxiety is that it it is fueled by more anxiety. So it kind of feeds on itself and it grows uh, when people react anxiously. Yeah. Maybe that sounds kind of obvious, but it needs, in order to grow and continue, it needs to make other people feel fear and anxiety. Totally. And so that's we're going to switch now to some of the, the tips and, and things that you can do as a leader in your church mm. to make sure that anxiety doesn't get your church off track. So here are a few things. And all this stuff, by the way, is from a, uh, a great expert on this whole topic, a guy named Peter Steinke. And we'll, okay. link, we'll link in our show notes to some of his books. But, Sweet. Uh, he, he's done a series of books about how you manage anxiety in, in a congregation in difficult times. Mm. So we're not... We're just kind of brushing over this whole topic today, and you can really dive into it. We're not going to do it justice, but if you want to really learn about this, go check that out. Yeah, it'll at least get your feet wet, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you'll get to dip your toes here. Nice. So here are a few things that you can do when there is uh, a heightened level of anxiety in your church. So one thing that you can do as a leader is to separate yourself from the anxiety that's going on. So if you're the leader... And you're getting criticized because people are, there's anxiety and they're upset about the decision you made to close or to open or whatever, whatever the decision is. Yep. We all have a natural tendency to react and take it personally. Yeah. Internalize it. Yeah. And feel like we're the reason why. Yeah. 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 So, so if you can stop and say, okay, wait a minute, you know, who I am is not the job I have or even the ministry calling God's placed on me. Mm -hmm. Those are different than who I am. And this person isn't really mad at me. They're mad at the situation. Yeah. And that's called self-differentiation. If you can distinguish who you are from the situation you're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's hard, especially as a pastor, I think. Yeah, definitely. Pastor or elder, you tie a lot of your identity into your ministry role. Yeah. And so that's really important to distinguish those because that helps you to calm down. Because again, you can really make things worse if you react in a really emotional way. Yeah. And say, well, you think I'm lousy? Well, let me tell you what I think about you, and everything blows up. Ryan, you're pretty good at that. It's like you have practice at it's that. It's like there's almost something I want to say to you. I know. I almost... feel that, actually. I feel that. <laughs> but you know what? That's a discrepancy that you're having inside yourself. It's not me. So why don't you... Yeah. Let's get to the root of okay. that. Okay. What's really bothering you? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. So really the root of what I want to get to is the next thing you can do. Okay. So another thing that you can do is is to take responsibility for your own health and well-being and mindset. So we've talked about this in other episodes too. Yeah. Just take uh, self-care, make sure mm-hmm. that you are able to keep your head on straight. Yeah. So one one of these activities you can do if you're if you're in a situation where you're you are worried <laughs> along with everybody else, but you know, everyone's looking to me for leadership and I'm just as scared as everyone else. I'm just as concerned or stressed. It can actually, a helpful exercise you can do is to play out the worst case scenario in your mind. At, so you just stop and think, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, the the church 
closes and it never reopens and you think through, okay, how would I feel if that happened? What would I probably do? Mm -hmm. And you actually kind of make yourself think about and experience those emotions and play out in your mind, you know, what, what, how you would respond to that situation, what you Mm -hmm. do. And actually it kind of keeps you from getting hung up there in that spot. Hmm. Because sometimes when we're in that spot, we freeze Mm -hmm. because we're worried about what's going to happen. So if we kind of force ourselves to think through that, it can yeah. help us just have a better mindset as we're leading the congregation. Um, another thing that you can do is keep close to those who disagree with you. And again, this is another counterintuitive thing. But if someone's coming at you because they disagree with you, they're very concerned about what you're saying mm-hmm. uh, or their decision that's being made, our natural tendency is to back away from them and say, sure. you know, I can't believe you don't agree with me. can't believe you're criticizing me. I just want to stay away from you because I think you don't like me. And that makes things worse because then that person feels like, man, they, why isn't this person listening to me? Why isn't my pastor listening to me? I think he's avoiding me. I think he doesn't like me. And then they they Now they have a level of anxiety now too. Even higher than before. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So keeping in relationship with those who disagree with you is really important because it helps, again, calm and kind of lower the temperature on the situation. And it's important to keep close to those who disagree with you so that you can communicate with them. So you mm-hmm. can talk through the situation. And when, when someone lashes out at you because they're scared or panicked or whatever, and you don't lash out back, they're not expecting that. It allows you to help them pause and reflect Yeah, and say, okay, you know what? This, my pastor or elder is safe enough to, I can actually, I can say my concerns and it, he's, he's okay with listening to that. Mm-hmm. And that makes me feel a little bit better. You know, we're not out of the woods on this, but I feel a little bit better about the situation. Sure. So two more things I want to share, two other bits of advice. So one is to, to be a non-anxious presence. And we've kind of touched on that in these other points, but be, have a calming presence during whatever crisis you're facing. Yeah. Whatever anxiety-causing situation you're in, to be a non-anxious presence, to keep calm. And that can be really hard. I think COVID is really tough because it's wearing out pastors like crazy. Sure. And, you know, so a lot of pastors have had to work really, really hard to innovate and make ch- adapt changes. Yep. They're working harder than ever. It also means they have less margin. And so it's easy, easy for us in that kind of situation to flip out or to be really upset. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's all the more important to realize, okay, I'm, I'm going to be really, I'm, I'm very sensitive at this point. I, I could be easily upset, but right now I need to. Remember, this situation is not who I am, mm-hmm. and if I can keep calm, I'll help others feel calm as well. Yeah, definitely, and encourage them too. You know, like that's one of the things that I've really seen the benefit of COVID. Obviously, not the virus situation; that's not a positive thing. But the benefits from COVID is that really, if you take a moment to step back and think about the blessings that have occurred during it, that really can bring a different flavor to what's going on. And I've noticed a bunch of different blessings in my own life. And what's really great about it is that as you share those blessings with people, it's almost contagious because then other people begin to think like, oh yeah, something similar to that happened to me. Or, oh yeah, I guess if you're looking at it from that way, that's a blessing that I've received too. And so in the same way, like anxiety feeds off of itself, 
in the same exact way to having a different perspective, which the gospel gives us, you know, the, the reliance on God to bring us through situations like this is also equally as contagious in terms of changing people's perspective on situations. Yeah. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Then the last tip I would, I would share about helping control manage anxiety is to make decisions based on your mission instead of on emotional factor. Oh yeah. That's, that's prime. Yeah. So, and I think this is always a temptation, but especially in times of anxiety Mm -hmm. to make a decision that will please a certain group in your church or even one person, you know, the, the expression that the squeaky wheel gets, gets the grease, grease, right? We, we sometimes make decisions. We're tempted to make decisions in church to please somebody that's complaining Mm. and it may not be what's best for the church. Ryan, you, you're convicting me right now, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, wow. I feel that. Because I feel like I sometimes do that. Oh. I make I make yeah. decisions to help people. We all do that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah no, no, totally. say, yeah. Do you want to say more about that? Mm. Let, me, let me say a couple more things about that. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. So it's important that as you're facing uh, difficult situations, oftentimes when we face a crisis, we're thinking about, trying to make happy someone who's upset. If we're, if we're face-to-face with someone who's upset, our natural response is going to be, okay, how can I make this person not upset? Yeah. And so we, then we start thinking about solving the situation through the lens of how do I make everybody happy? Mm. And that's impossible. Yep. You cannot make everybody happy. And when we do that, we actually cause a lot more problems. That's right? true. So this one family is in the church is complaining about this, where we put... Uh, this sign. So we're going to move it to make them happy. Well, it may not, it may actually make things more complicated. Now you have five families complaining about where the sign is because they liked it better in the other spot. Yeah. Yeah. When you do that, then you teach people the way that you get things done and influences by complaining and attacking. You, you teach your congregation that, you know, what, what governs our church isn't our ministry or calling. It's, it's whoever keeping complains. Everybody, keeping everybody happy. So therefore, if I act offended or upset, I can get my way. Yeah. And there are toxic personalities who will take full advantage of that. Most definitely. Yeah. So when you make your decisions based on your mission, that can help calm the situation. And it, it becomes a non-personal reason for why you're doing something. Because you're going to have to make decisions that some people won't like. But when you make those decisions, you're going to say, we believe that this is what's, this is, you know, even though this is very difficult for us, we believe that this is the best choice that we can make for the mission that God has given to us. Yeah. You know, so when you close your church because of a pandemic, it's because you believe it's the the best thing you can do for the ministry mission of your church and serving your community, even though a person in your church might not be happy with it. Right. And that's how you explain it. And then it, it 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 takes it away from being personal, mm. and you you know this is a, just a great general leadership principle. But when you when you can take an issue that's about people disagreeing and raise it to a level of principles, it's much easier for people to understand. And even if they don't agree with it, they they might understand it and and be okay with it. And so that's what you're doing when you're making a decision based on your mission instead of on emotional factors. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a huge thing. Do you have any thoughts on, on that or anything else we've talked about today? Yeah, I mean, it's great to have that in perspective. It's one of those things where, 
like you're hearing it and you're like, yeah, that that's all obvious. Like, I, I know all that. I've heard that before. I, I, I know it. But then when you really look at the practical application of it, like where the rubber meets the road, then you realize, oh, yeah, I am, you know, maybe enabling that to happen. Or I, I am encouraging people that if they complain, things will will change. And that's not healthy. And so I think that hopefully people will hear this podcast and, and really see the transparency in it and realize like you're speaking from the lens of you've been here, you've been in situations like that. Yeah. You've experienced it and you're sharing it, um, because you know that that's going to be a pitfall, you know, and, and, and we think about it all throughout scripture too. We see stuff like that being a pitfall for people and we see anxiety you know i think prime example obviously is adam and eve when they ate from the fruit their initial response was to go and hide get away from god don't don't do it and so they hid and then they looked at each other and they're like oh man we're not wearing we're naked and then they got embarrassed and then they got anxious and they heard the lord and and then they continued to hide because they were worried about it and that that really plays that idea of anxiety uh into a realm of people being able to see it and we we run that uh that line as well uh in terms of anxiety so i think you gave us yeah. a lot to think yeah. about um i think you gave us a lot to encourage us with and i want to let people know too like we don't have to sit in that anxiety. You know, we have, we have the best news that the world could ever experience, which is Christ. And, and he came in order to offset anxiety and worry and stress and care. And he said, Hey, I'll take all that. I'll take it to the cross. And, uh, so then I love what you mentioned about mission uh, in terms of making sure you're focused on mission, because when you're focused on mission, you're focused on the cross, mm-hmm. you're focused on Christ, you're focused on scripture, and you have that foundation. And that's what's really important to root people in is yeah. that foundation um, and not you personally, but reminding them, hey, we are the body of Christ. We are in this together and we are rooted in the fact that we are forgiven children of God set on a path for heaven. And and that's really what's most important. And those ideas are the things that basically knock anxiety out. Yeah. They they put anxiety in its place and and tells us, "Hey, Christ bore that for us so that we don't have to." And we can be an encouragement to others too with that same principle. And like I said, as much as anxiety is contagious, encouragement is and, and a changed perspective is just as encouraging too. you know, if given the choice, um, it seems like people naturally gravitate towards anxiety and negativeness, but they really want to be joyful. They really want to experience freedom. Yeah. And as Christians, we know that freedom and we yeah. can share that freedom. And yeah. so that that's, that's great. So, yeah. yeah, I think that this was really good. Yeah. Thanks. I've- yeah. I've had to walk that journey because I, I myself am a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. So I I have had to struggle with realizing that I, I want to react emotionally when I'm in uh, a situation where there's there's anxiety. And yeah. uh, I've had to learn how to not take it personally. I've had to learn about how to make decisions in a rational way, mm-hmm. mission-based framework, not in a, an emotional one. And it's been a... 
that's been one of the areas that God's, you know, been been growing in me. So like I I've become you know a lot better at crisis leadership because because mm-hmm. of that work that God's done in my heart and mind. Nice. So, and and we are in a situation where you know currently mm-hmm. uh, we are going to be facing a lot of anxiety for quite a while. Yeah. We're definitely not out of the woods. Nope. There's going to be a number of points where lots of people in all our congregations are going to be feeling anxiety and introducing that into our congregation families. Yeah. So we just pray that you'll be able to take these pointers and and use them to, to bless your church. Yeah, totally. Thanks, Ryan, for sharing that. Fifth uh, train car on our series uh, that we're calling Church on Track. So we're happy that you could tune in. Uh, listeners, thanks so much. And uh, we would just ask that We'd love to hear from you guys. If you have any ideas of things that you'd like us to talk about or topics that you'd like us to concentrate on, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us or comment uh, down below on any of the uh, media uh, outlets that we are currently on. If you'd like to email us uh, privately, you could do it at podcast at clbforge.org, podcast at clbforge.org. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that when a new one drops, uh, you can be one of the first ones to listen to it. And we would ask and we would be really encouraged if you would share this podcast with a friend or a colleague. Um, so that's it for now. We hope that you'll tune in next time uh, as we either have a guest on or we hear uh, the sixth train car opening up. All right, guys, have a great rest of your day. See you later. Bye. See you next time.